Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. Mark Vandermeer with you with John Harris. It's Texans All Access here at NRG Stadium, and maybe you're enjoying a nice day off, maybe a weekend off. Happy holiday, holy weekend to everyone out there. Enjoy yourselves. Reflect. Have some peace. Johnny and I will keep you company for the next hour, talking Texans, talking National Football League, even a little Houston Open as I was there this morning with the guys on the morning show, Seth and Mike, and was able to walk the course a little bit. Johnny, quick comment on golf as a spectator sport, which jumped out at me this morning once again. This is the one spectator sport where watching it, you might get a better workout than the actual participants. Yeah, I think that's true. I've gone to the the, the Houston Open a, a few times. I haven't walked the course, man. I haven't walked the course in a long time. But you know, if you're following a particular player, which some people have the philosophy, I'm going to sit at the 13th green. Yeah. Some have the philosophy, I'm following this particular player. And you actually you had a good group you were following, by the way. Phil Mickelson, Justin Rose, and Russell Henley. That's a pretty good one. And I picked them up on they, – they played the back nine first. I picked them up on 15. And I only followed them for three holes, but yeah. it was enough. I mean, three and a half. I picked him up on the 15th green, which is a great spot. Oh, yeah. I just let it out of the bag. It's a great spot because you can walk over to the 16th, see them tee off, go back oh, to the 15th yeah. green. A lot of act- a 15 is cool because today they were hitting into the wind. They weren't getting there in two, so you see the approach shots, and then you go to 16, which is a wild, crazy. It's not like Phoenix, the yeah, par yeah. three, but it's a wild, crazy scene over there. Uh, it's cool. You know, it's funny because people say, oh, Tiger's not there. But to me, it's like in the NFL, when you're watching a primetime game with the Ravens and the Steelers, all right, those aren't the two best teams in the NFL, but you're going to watch that game and be entertained. Right. So why not watch this? you got Spieth out there and Phil and all these other players yeah. that you like and uh, a few of the other guys, Justin Rose I mentioned. I mean, too many to mention here. I I enjoy it. It's funny, though. You, you would And it would never happen this way. You wouldn't want season tickets to golf. It's just too much walking and everything. It's just good that it's in your town once yeah. a year. You check it out. And then you watch it on TV because it's a great TV sport. I think I, I, the Masters weekend to me is one of my it's one of my favorite weekends. Yep. which is funny for me to say because you know how much I, I love football. I love all sports actually. Mm-hmm. In Final Four this weekend in San Antonio, and that obviously gets my attention. It's going to be on TBS. So if you're looking for it on CBS, you look for it on TBS because it's the first time it's going to be on cable. Which is interesting. You know what? Final I didn't Four. even know this. Yeah, it's on TBS. But golf to me on, on a day what like today. Is wrong. Wait a minute. It's on TBS. But, I mean, I'm in the business, and I don't understand why this happens. Well, how about this? Think about it this way, too. Yeah. College football national championship. The Different. College basketball national championship yeah. are now both on cable. Yeah. Are both on because the national championship game and the requisite semifinal, the playoff, they're all on ESPN. And this is on TBS. Think about that. And I know it's when a you, partnership with CBS and Turner. I no, get that. It, yeah. But, but I, I still think the championship on CBS free television, that's yeah. one thing. The Super Bowl has never been on cable. No, never. never. And I don't think and, it will anytime and nev- soon. never will. But I found it interesting when they said they were moving it over to TBS. I saw this comment a few years ago when I, when they had announced you know, this partnership that they were with TBS. Mm. I love the way they do the first and second round now where you can go to True TBS, CBS, or TNT, and you can watch any of those games you want, yeah, which I, I like think that. is fantastic. I think it's right. so good the way they're Long doing it. Long time coming. Really. Yes, it's great. But the Final Four being at TBS was like, uh, it feels I weird. Mean, I'll find it because I want to watch those games, but there'll be a lot of fans that are like, eh, you know, 651 on Xfinity. I know this because yeah. TBS, if they don't have that, it's going to be an, a Friends episode <laughs> because 
I think it's the Friends channel. <laughs> they run Friends 24 <laughs> hours a day. They do. It's not a problem. Friends, uh, my, my, my kids have gotten into watching Friends, so I've gone back yeah. and I've been watching a lot of the, the old Friends episodes. And it's, you know, that show was in the 90s, early 2000s, and some of the some of the humor they have, I'm like, wow, they got away with that? Oh, okay. Yeah, back then. Yeah. <laughs> but it was on at, what, eight? was it on at nine, 8 o'clock, right? Yeah, it was 8 o'clock. And 8.30 was Mad About You, 9 mm-hmm. o'clock was Seinfeld, 9.30, wait, first night court and then something else. Yeah, man, a Thursday night, boy, NBC's Thursday night. Killer. And wow. L.A. Law 10 followed by uh, ER replaced it. So do you, when it comes to golf, do you like mm-hmm. watching it on NBC with, with Johnny Miller or do you like watching it on CBS where you got a little bit of Vern okay. mixed in or Jim Nance? Which, which one? I would love to blend the crews because I, right. I really like Nance. Yeah. I really do. I th- Dan Hicks, Hicks is good. There's nothing wrong yeah. with him. But I really like Nance. I really like Johnny Miller. Mm-hmm. I wish Nance and Johnny Miller would work together. Um, I like uh, Faraday, who yeah. moved from CBS to NBC. Right, right. But I miss Faraday at the Masters. Vern is Vern. So, all yeah. right, great 16th, par three at Augusta. Give that to me. And by the way, Augusta next week, like you mentioned, I would just like to walk the course on a Tuesday. I don't even care about the par three. Yeah, yeah. You've got to see the par three. I don't care about the par three. I don't care about the players. I really don't. I just want to see the course yeah, and then go back and watch it on television so I know what the undulation. Everyone talks about the undulation. <laughs> so I know what that looks like. Here's another thing about golf. You will never play football, most people, at NRG Stadium. Correct. But you could get on at Golf Club of Houston in all likelihood. Yeah, you could. And play a course that is played by the pros. Now you can't play Augusta. I get it. Right. But you can play a lot of U.S. Open courses. We played the Greenbrier course. We played the Greenbrier. There's a tournament there. I love playing courses where there are pro tournaments and then watching those tournaments on TV. And I'm thinking, hey, I know that. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of fun that way. Yeah. So uh, it, it's it's a great time. I encourage everybody to go on out there. And in about a month, what, the Insperity is uh, going to take place at the Woodlands Tournament Course, and that's free. Free admission for everybody. I think the the Houston Open being this – I mean, to be outside on a day like today, oh gosh, it, was, so it was unbelievably nice. Yeah. I mean, it was so nice. This is the kind of day you would want to walk a course. You would want to be out there. The The rain held up a little bit on Thursday, but then they got that teed off, and the weather was great Thursday. Mm-hmm. It was great today, earlier for the It's going to be them, a beautiful so weekend. It's going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. So – I, I like I like going to golf tournaments. I, I've been to a few. I used to, I went. My very first one was. Do you remember? Oh, uh, Calvin Pete. Oh yeah, Calvin Pete was the first golfer I ever saw live. He's at the Milwaukee Open, many many <laughs> many years ago, and I was that was the first golf tournament oh, I'd gone gosh. to. But I've gone to the Houston Open, and that was fantastic. But I, you know, to be at Augusta on, I don't even know that I would want to walk with Tiger. But if Tiger's in this thing on the weekend at Saturday, Sunday, I mean, the TV, the rating will be off the chart. It's going to be the crazy. The rating will be off the chart. And he walks up the 18th. If he makes the cut even, oh. Sunday walking up the 18th, it's going to be crazy. But how about Tiger being in it? That would be wonderful. Oh. I followed Phil today, like we said, and I like Phil. I, look, I like all the guys. I, I want to watch it and see. I just want to see great close finishes. Uh, but, you know, in the NFL, it's just different, obviously. It's not golf. You have so many – NFL players, though, who love the sport yeah. and they want to play. Matt Schaub played Augusta. He told mm-hmm. me that. Uh, I know a number of guys have been able to get on, so good for them. Anyway, let's talk some football here. And we were talking football broadcasting a little bit yesterday, John. One note that popped out to me, and I don't have the exact number in front of me, but the dominance of the NFL on television, over the, since we're on this subject, basically, we started the show like this. Yeah. The dominance of the NFL over everything else on television, not just sports, everything else, has never been greater. 
People talk about, oh, the ratings are going down. And mm-hmm. the media loves a narrative like this. And I get it. Look, I'm in the media. I understand, you know, what sells and what gets clicks. But the fact that the NFL ratings are down a little bit from where they were a couple of years ago, that, that's a fact. I mean, that's, that's true. Right. But if you go back the last 10 years, the gap between what the NFL gets and what all primetime programming gets and what the rest of sports get yeah. has never been greater. Ten years ago, it was a lot closer between primetime television and NFL. Right. And the other sports in NFL is a lot closer. Right. Now, it is so far apart. In other words, the hits that everything else has taken in the last decade, so voluminous compared to what the NFL has taken in the last couple of years. And, you know, we talked about the 2016 season. Was it Trump? Was it this? Was it that? And then last year, was it the kneeling? Whatever it was, yeah, they're down a little bit. Right. And also cord cutting and the rest of TV viewership being affected. But primetime TV, network television as we know it, so affected by all of this stuff, mostly cord cutting, I think, and the incredible volume of choices out there in the entertainment world. The live programming of the National Football League, the TV executives love it. We were at the uh, NFL meetings. Sean McManus of CBS Sports uh, was there, also the head of Fox Sports Television. They were talking about how valuable it is. They built Fox on the National Football League. That's why they went all in on the Thursday night package. CBS, McManus joked, he was saying all these great things about the NFL on television. He said, I guess this makes me the worst negotiator ever, (laughs) but it's a fact. This is the most valuable programming we have. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. And One thing you said that I find find fascinating, I used to think about this, about, you know, football in, in Los Angeles, whenever this topic would come up, it's like, you know, in L.A., you've got so much. I mean, you got Hollywood. you got people that want to shop on Rodeo Drive, you know, go to the beach. There's so much competition for the entertainment dollar. And it sort of feels like that's kind of where the, the TV landscape is. There's so much more out there. If you don't like what the, the game is, you can flip over and watch on your phone even. You can watch yeah. an episode of something without commercials if you want, which my son consistently tells me about commercials. And I'm like, yo, listen, you you have a house because there are people that want to pay <laughs> advertising with the Houston Texans. I said so. And he, so he understands that. But there there's so many challenges for your your TV dollar, if you will, mm-hmm nowadays more so than there have ever been but to me the nfl you know we talk about reality shows it's a joke because we know it's reality in air quotes the nfl is the best reality show there is without a doubt there's no question you have no idea what's going to happen you have such access i mean think about a sunday night game and i think about this mark because you know i'm in the sidelines and so i see those guys with those big huge cameras and they, they're all strapped in like they're in a, a amusement park ride. And then they've got this long pole. And on the end of the pole, they've got these cameras. And they're running out to the huddle to start the game. And they're literally like in the huddle. And they're filming guys. And they're running out with Deshaun Watson. And I think you've gotten so close to these players with all the different cameras and all the different things that you have you get to see everything about the game. And then you have, you know, a guy like Chris Collinsworth or in, in some, it used to be John Gruden, just somebody teaching you the game. They're showing you with video. And they're like, oh, you know, I can learn something from that. And then you've got the the fantasy football aspect to it as well. But to me, it's just the best reality show there is week in and week out. And these guys are, they're celebrities, even with helmets on. And that yeah. used to be one of the things. Well, how do I know who they are if they don't have their helmets on? Well, 
with their helmets on, with them off. It doesn't matter. These guys have become stars. Odell Beckham Jr. makes the one-hand catch on the biggest stage there is. He's become a bona fide star throughout the league from that. Now, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but that, that catch kicked it off. And I just feel like with the reality aspect of it, that you never know what's going to happen on that particular day, that makes it must-watch television. If I'm watching a college game, sometimes I know, okay, look, this team is ranked 15th. This team is ranked 7th. I know what's going to happen here. That 15th, they haven't played anybody. I know what's going to happen here. And so sometimes college games, by half, you're like, ah, it's done. NFL game, that thing's going to be tight pretty much all the way throughout. All, for the most part, unless the Texans are playing the Titans at home and it's 57-14, that can happen. But you're going to see a pretty close game which people are going to want to, they're going to want to watch for the most part and if they connect with a fantasy player or you know think think about this the state of South Carolina they had the Panthers right the Panthers are their team so to speak because it's called the Carolina Panthers but it's in Charlotte yeah well now the team the people in South Carolina want to see what the Texans are doing every single week because right. of their guy Deshaun Watson and they're watching he got what is he in do? Charlotte. Oh, it was, inc- it was incredible. It's unbelievable. And and that'll happen a lot of times in the South. And but- I know that's in North Carolina, folks. I know this. I know this. <laughs> Johnny was making a point about the Carolinas. Yeah. The Carolinas, both of them. Uh, even though the game they play in Charlotte. But the point being, there's so many. You want to tune in to see what your guy is doing, your yeah. player is doing. Maybe you're not concerned about the team, but hey, what's my guy doing? And so you're going to turn it on. You're going to see what happens. You want to see something that you're you're never you maybe never have seen before. I think that every Sunday in the NFL, I've said this before, feels like Thursday, Friday, the NCAA tournament. Every Sunday feels like that. Yeah. And I've lived through them both. I've covered them both. I've done play-by-play for both. The first two days of the tournament, I really think are the best days of the tournament. Yes. Total days. Without a doubt. But every Sunday in the NFL is like that. Yeah. What's going on today? What's going on with those guys? What's going on with those guys? Who survived? Who didn't? And – it's survive in advance. Now you're gonna you're not eliminated for the season with a loss on Sunday, but it feels that devastating. And I was talking to a PR exec who used to be with an NBA team and is working in the NFL. They said that when you win an NBA playoff series, that's pretty much the equivalent of an NFL Sunday. Yeah, I mean a playoff series. It takes a playoff. Not the. I'm not digging in on the NBA because I really enjoy the NBA. Yeah. I love watching NBA basketball. I love the Rockets. But the point is this: it's so meaningful every week, right? And that's why it's so valuable. All right, we didn't mean to get off on that tangent, TV tangent, but it's fun to talk about. You know what else is fun to talk about? Quarterbacks, and the Texans have a new one, but not really. And we'll talk about Brandon Whedon. And John McClain disagrees with me on what else the plan might be in this category. We'll discuss on Texans Radio. Continuing with the program, Texans All Access here from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. And I'm driving that Genesis, by the way, which is its own brand now, but it is Hyundai. And it's a wonderful vehicle. That's all I have to say about that. People actually asked me if it's a Bentley or some kind of European car or whatever. Uh, It's a beautiful vehicle. So check it out. Ron Carter, all the great Houston area Hyundai dealers. All right, Johnny, let's do this now. Wait, we were talking about the NFL, we were talking about TV power, and we'll get to the quarterback thing in just a moment, but you brought something up during the break about the calendar, and it's you know stuff people know, but when you point out the chronology of mm-hmm. everything in an NFL year, it's very interesting because it never dies this way. The conversation never never drops. Yeah, there's always, there's always something, because if you think about, obviously, the season, the season starts training camp, for some it starts... Probably late July. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year we started on what, the 23rd July. or 24th? Late July. Late July. And so you go all the way through the season. Then you got the 
you got the Senior Bowl, which I love, but then you've got the championship games and the Super Bowl right there at the beginning of February. And then you've got, in late February, you've got the Combine. And then in middle of March, you've got the free agency period, which this year, I mean, obviously we were invested in it because we had money and we ended up bringing players. But everybody and, is. But everybody's doing that for the most part. And then in the middle of April, you're like, well, what's going on in the middle of April? The schedule gets released and everybody yep. starts planning out, oh, when are they going to game? The traveling Texans look at which games they're going to go to. We know who we're playing and we know where we're going. We don't know when. And that ends up being key because what are the primetime games? When are the Texans going to be in primetime? Oh, yeah. And so you have that to look forward to. And then three weeks later, at the end of April, beginning of May, you've got the draft, which has become massive. And then, oh, I don't know, about a week, week and a half later, you've got rookie mini camps, and then OTAs start, and that takes you all the way to the beginning of July. So really, really, the only period where there's not anything truly going on is, is are the three weeks in July. But that's the build up to the season at that point. Yeah. So you got plenty to talk about. It's like they've spaced it out. Like the things they have going on have become must see events at those times of the year. I, I know I'm more invested in seeing the schedule because where are we going to go? Where are our trips? When are they going to happen? All that kind of stuff. But, but even I think everybody that, is for different reasons. Everybody wants to know when are they playing? Okay, yeah. let's go through the schedule. Oh, man, they got these three back to back to back road mm-hmm. games. How's that going to play out? Oh, they're going to this trip. Oh, they're playing this game on a Thursday night. That, that carries us for two weeks. And oh, by the way, yeah. oh, the draft is, you know, five days from then. Mm-hmm. So it's the way it's spread out, there's always something going on with the NFL to put it right there in front of the public, of the sports public, of the adoring public to say, okay, what's going on? Yeah, it's opening week in baseball, and it's great to see what Giancarlo Stanton's doing, but who really cares about the Yankees, see what the Astros are doing. But the NFL just stays relevant even when it's not playing games, and that to me is incredible. I think baseball opening day has really lost its luster. You know, the Astros opening yesterday, congratulations, fantastic. I mean, you won the World Series. But I think it kind of got lost in the mix here. And I blame basketball for at one point going later with the championship. Mm-hmm. I swear they used to do it a week earlier. And they moved it later, the championship game. Yeah. Remember when the championship game overlapped with the opening day of Major League Baseball? You no, know, I first remember time? that. And it was kind of weird. I it, remember 1988. Because 1988 was in Kansas City. And Kansas was playing Oklahoma. Danny Manning and the Miracles taking out Oklahoma. Earlier that day, George Bell hit three home runs in Kansas City for the uh, for the um, for the uh, Blue Jays. He hit three home runs that day, and then that night, Kansas played Oklahoma. And I just remember thinking, "Wow, that must have been a crazy day if you were in media." And that was one of the days I thought about. I was like, "Man, if you're in the media, you get to go to these things, and you could have done yeah. all that in the same." That's pretty cool. But that was exactly what happened on that day on the championship game day. Back in, in 88, but that's when it really started kind of crossing over. I would love it if you didn't have all this overlap in sports, but you do. There's nothing to, you know, nothing else you can do about it. And I understand why baseball is doing what they're doing. They're trying to get a little yeah. bit of an early start now because they're trying to squeeze the games in and they have yeah. a wild card game and all of that. And uh, good luck to the Astros, by the way. Fantastic. <sighs> get ready for 2018. All right, this. We mentioned one of the big things on the NFL calendar is free agency. Obviously, the Texans had their first wave. In the second wave, Brandon Whedon signs, re-signs with the team, really, as they did not get him on the 53 last year. He ends up as a Tennessee Titan. Had he been on his couch, he would have been a Houston Texan again because we all remember the quarterback issues they had last year once Watson got hurt. So it's too bad that they couldn't get him last year, but they have him this year. So Whedon is your backup and I'll sign off on this. I mean, when I looked at the list, and Seth and Mike were t- asking me about it this morning, when I looked at the list going in, 
Was there anybody now potentially, you know, Sanchez could flare up and have a tremendous run sure. for you potentially if you had to play a guy like that or maybe one of these other players, I don't know, Matt Moore, whatever. By the way, Brian Gain, great familiarity with Matt Moore from mm-hmm. the Miami days. Yep. But to me, I think this is a real solid bet as far as backups go. Brandon Whedon, he's been here. He, quote, knows the system, and he's won for you before. So I'm okay with Brandon Whedon being the backup. But I have to say this, Johnny. I said to McLean last night, I said, yeah, I think they're going to draft one. I don't think they're done yet. He said, really? What What do you think? You know, so he thought that they might be done with Heineke and Whedon behind Watson. I don't think so. I think there's a quarterback coming here in the draft or some other way, maybe undrafted free agent. And that guy's not going to be a world beater, at least on paper, projected to be one. Yeah. But maybe he's a project. Maybe he's somebody they want to develop. Well, again, go back to what we talked about at the, at the Senior Bowl. They had an opportunity to work with four quarterbacks on the South team. And those guys are all projected to be probably no better than no better than late fifth round, and that's stretching it a little bit. And but they got three about six, sixth round picks. You're talking about sixth or seventh round, so they spend one on one of those guys who comes to rookie minicamp. And look, what what harm does it do to have you know a fourth arm? There, there are a number of things to consider here with this weed thing, and, and I know we've got tweets about it. And let me be. But let me be very clear about this this part of it about Colin Kaepernick because we got into this on oh, Cooler boy. Talk a little bit because people have asked, oh look at their signing weed is like Kaepernick. Look, Kaepernick believes himself to be a starter. It takes two to tango in this league, right? Mm-hmm. It takes the team to take the piece of paper and say we want you, and it takes the player with the pen in hand to say okay and sign. Right. Colin Kaepernick wouldn't want to sign with the Houston Texans in the situation that is here right now. Why would he? He believes he's a starting quarterback, right? He yeah. thinks he's a starting quarterback. Why would he come here when he knows he is not going to be? So, now, I can't speak for other teams. I don't. But I just don't. Colin Kaepernick believes he's a starter. He had opportunities to be a back. He had two, maybe even three opportunities to sign with teams as a backup quarterback, and he didn't sign one of them. Hmm. Why? Because he thinks he's a starting quarterback. And that's, that's his prerogative to think yeah. that way. Now, if something happened to Deshaun and it opened up that opportunity or a competition – would at that point he consider it? Would the Texans consider it? Look, that those are. I think those need to be. Those questions are moot because, first of all, you, you sign Brandon Whedon, but second of all, Kaepernick is not in the current configuration of the quarterback roster. He doesn't want to be here for that. He wants to go someplace where he can start and be the man. Whether he is or isn't, that's what he wants. So why would you want to sign somebody? That or why would that guy want to sign here when he knows he's not going to be? And why would you want to sign that guy knowing that? Well. So, that's you know that's my that's my two cents on that whole situation. It's also gotten to the point where I'm not sure that you can sign. Look, anybody who signed Kaepernick, there's going to be a media circus to right. start things out. Obviously, sure. The question is, does the circus stay in town? Right. Does the media stick around to see what happens? And you don't want all that. You don't you don't want those being the questions about your football team if you can help it. You know. Right. So. I'm not sure how that would figure into it or not, but I would think that that would come up in the conversation. I would think if you're uh, going to sign him. But Whedon is the guy, and Brandon Whedon, look, I think he can run a little bit. Not He's not a running quarterback, right. okay? He doesn't have great rushing yards in his history on his stat sheet. He did run for a touchdown against, Tennessee. against the Tennessee Titans. I think he can move, though. I think he can move around. I think he can run more Watson-like stuff than people realize with Brandon Whedon if you have to. Now, I do want to see, like I said, another developmental guy. Maybe that's Heineke. I don't know. They, I think they like Heineke. They, they must because they yeah. have him here. He's sure. still on the roster. 
But maybe somebody else is coming. Maybe they have something else up their sleeve. I mean, the whole thing is you got to keep Watson healthy. We all understand that. But you better have some insurance because you had to cash in on that insurance last year, and you're going to have to re-up this year. Yeah, there's no question. And here, here's one thing that I, I have thought about, especially because people have asked us about Deshaun. Is Deshaun going to come back? Is he going to come back for OTAs? Are you going to have him back for OTAs? What are you going to do during OTAs? Is is that a time when he can come back? And and you were at the the owners' meetings. You heard Bill talk about it. Yeah, there might be some things he can do. He talked about on total access with Lindsey mm-hmm. Rhodes. There might be some things he can do, but a lot of the team stuff they're not going to have him do. And I and I don't if even if we're a hundred percent, I don't know that happened to a lot of team stuff. Somebody coming in and trips and uh, I, make me nervous. But if that's the case, yeah, how are you going to get anything done during OTAs with somebody that's new to this building and you have but I don't know three weeks to get them even up to speed before you go out for an OTA practice? I'm glad you brought that up because Bill O'Brien's saying they're going to redesign the offense. I think they're not going to completely junk what they were doing. They're going to add some stuff, but you have to know the foundation here. Yeah, there's no no question. If Whedon's going to get all those first-team reps, I don't know, though. I still think that you could bring in somebody new. Maybe maybe it's Heineke. Again, maybe Heineke's going to get a lot of reps. But he's at least been in the building. He had the playbook. He heard the terminology. He heard those things as opposed to a guy coming in completely clean off the streets mm-hmm. going, Coach, I don't even know how you call your plays, man. You start with this on the left versus this on the right and how you go about it. It's completely different. Yeah. You would get you would get nothing done of an effective nature during OTAs. And, and if you say, well, who cares about OTAs? <laughs> Every team cares about OTAs because it's practice without pads. Yeah. That's it's what it passing is. camp. You you put in your offense during OTAs. Yeah. They'll so, still be installing some stuff during training camp, but we've been over this because remember the old days, you know, remember the Oilers? You know, John McClain <laughs> talked about the Oilers having six weeks of, of training camp right. and six preseason games or whatever it was. You know, they get to San Angelo in late June right. getting ready for the season. They can't do that anymore with the way the union and the CBA is. So what they're doing right now is they put in a lot of stuff during OTAs. That way, two weeks to go – before the first preseason game, that's when you arrive at training camp. you get two weeks to get ready for that first preseason right. game. And once you're in the preseason games, practice is very different. Forget it. You can't really go two-a-days and go hard anymore in the same way you were. So you better have everything in by the time you get to camp, virtually everything. The foundation's no got to be there. Yeah, there's no question. I know people say, well, then what about Deshaun? Last-? Look, they last year, once they realized Deshaun was the guy, they were putting in little. They were putting in bits and pieces along the way. Mm-hmm. They were. Bill even said it. He sat here one day and said, "Look, I stayed up one night and watched every single play of RG 3s rookie year to see what they were doing. I watched Clemson film. I stay up here and I'd watch that yep. to try and find pieces that they were going to end up being comfortable with. So there are some things that you can add. But as far as as far as do and, and I, here's the other thing too. I don't know how much and this this I'm curious about." Because mm-hmm. I don't know how this will be, but you know they're going to have joint practices. Yeah, you know whether oh, it's yeah. one team, two teams, whomever. But how much of this "quote unquote" new offense are they going to end up showing to people during preseason games? During not much during joint practices. So how much of that are they going to see, or all of a sudden is it going to be week one when we're on the road at Jacksonville? That's my that's my prediction. I, I that's my prediction is week one we're at Jacksonville at Jacksonville to open the season because we've been at, we haven't been on the road not since mm. I, not since I've been doing sidelines. Thirteen was the last year that was in San Diego. We haven't been on the road on the opening day. I think we're going to Jacksonville week one. I would love to 
Send me to Jacksonville. Send me to it's a divisional. It's going to be hot as Hades. Le- That's true. Oh. But you know what? You'll be used to it because uh, you were at the Greenbrier. No. <laughs> I don't know. Is this where it hurts you? Hey, it was hot in New England last year. It we was. Didn't, I didn't expect at that, that game? one. Oh, I I remember September going 24th. Off, I remember going out for that game, and you know usually I wear you know my my pullover and I wear shirt tie pullover and doesn't matter how hot it is. And I looked at the coaches and they were kind of in their pullovers. They came out of the locker room before the game started. Ob was in a t shirt. I had taken my pullover off. I was mm-hmm. sweating. It was it was hot that day. Yeah, really hot. And I could see it on both teams. Stephon Gilmore went out of the game because he was dealing with they put Cramping. up dehydration or cramp. They put it up on the board. There was Stephon Gilmore dehydration up on the up on the injury board. I remember telling you that, and you're like, he was just a buffalo. Yeah, I guess. Because I remember you saying they told you that. I was like, no, I saw it up on the board. <laughs> that's beautiful. So they, uh, yeah, but that's my prediction. Jacksonville week one. That's boy, mm. that would, ooh, I like that. I would love to be at any divisional opponent week one. Just rip off the band aid, get one of those road games out of the way. Don't play three on the road like We're you had to Colts last year. Week one. I'll at take Indy. it. I've been begging for it for years. At Indy. Week one. All right, coming up on the show, a little bit more on this stuff. Houston Texans preseason schedule will be out, I think, within a week and a half. How about that? Within a week and a half, we'll know where they're going in the preseason. That's going to shape a lot of the camp scheduling as well. And we'll go around the league as well. Could the Texans be in the market for a player who's rumored to be on the trading block? We'll talk about that, among other things, on Texans All Access. So much to cover. Running out of time. Let's get to it here. Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio at NRG Stadium. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. And so during the break, we figured out that there's a Beyonce concert week two of the NFL regular season here at NRG Stadium. September 15th. And that's a Saturday night, but you can't play a Sunday game after that. So I'm thinking that that eliminates the week one road possibility. I don't think you'll open on the road and be on the road week two. Because they have to be on the road week two. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, they'll open at home again for the, what, fifth consecutive year? Yeah, she's here in Houston, 15th. It's showing 15th and 16th. Yeah. But, yeah, that, you're so right. That's, that's, that's week two. That would be eight of the last nine seasons they've opened at home. Because, oh, eight, they were on the road at Pittsburgh. Then they went 9, 10, 11 at home. 12, no, 12 at home as well. And 13 on the road at San Diego, then the rest at home. Wow. Okay. Nine so, of the last 10. So we know the, uh, yeah, we, we know the opponents at home, right? Yep. Three, six. Um, so who, so we're you, matched up with the AFC East. So that's Buffalo. So and, you're asking who's it going to be? Yeah, who's it going to be? Miami. So here are the eight teams. Indy, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Dallas, Giants, Cleveland, Buffalo, Miami. Those are the eight home games. Who's going to be the opener? Uh, let's go. The question the networks are going to want to know is the health of Watson. Mm-hmm. So will they be reluctant to put Watson on national television week one if they're not positive he'll be available? I think that week one, that week one the last couple couple years, has been Giants-Cowboys. But, so the Eagles, they, but the Eagles are going to have to play Thursday night, the Thursday night the game. The Eagles so will play Thursday night. My guess is that the Sunday night game would then flip over. How many prime? T- for, let's just start with primetime games. Four or five? I think they. I, w- I want to say five, but I think they're going to say four. And look, if they end up flexing one late in the season, fine. Yeah, I think Dallas mm-hmm. at home. I think Philly on the road. Those two for sure. I think. Yeah, but Philly. 
New England. But Philly, it's pick your game here because they did win the Super Bowl. They play in the NFC. Well, no, no, I'm not saying we're going to play the opening game. I'm just saying you're just saying prime time. Though. Yeah, prime time. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm the networks, which is more attractive, Philly, Houston, or Philly, Jacksonville? I don't know. I probably Houston. It's a bigger market it's, and everything. It's Wentz Watson. It's Watson. He's way more attractive. It's Wentz. It's Wentz. Trying Watson. to be. I'm trying to be Wentz D. Bortles on Sunday night. No, <laughs> no, you do not. Jacksonville. Poor Jackson. Poor Jacksonville. Did I just say that? You did slap say me. It. Just slap me, because Jacksonville has no juice, and they just went to the AFC Championship game. How many primetime games will Jacksonville get? There's no way. That's a better prediction. There's no way they get five. They'll get three or four. Because it's still well, Jacksonville, and no one's going to want to put them on national television. No. If you have to late in the season because you have to flex them, great. And that would mean they're doing well, so you'd right. be happy to do it. Yeah, the Jacksonville-Pittsburgh game, because mm-hmm. Jacksonville gets Pittsburgh, and they would already have New England because we're playing AFC East. So they have Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Right. One of those games might, maybe. Maybe one of our games with Jacksonville might be on there. If this offense, then that might be one that gets flexed. But I wouldn't be surprised if they put a later a later season game. I could see us in Jacksonville being a Thursday nighter. I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could absolutely see that. I wouldn't mind going there on a Thursday night. Although we've done it before, and it was not a very good time. Because no, Kubiak got fired the day after yep. and all of that. And Two Spoons was getting 15-yard penalties for talking trash. But that's a different story altogether. <laughs> two spoons. I, I, think, I think Dallas, Philly, New England, and one other. Maybe it's against maybe it's against Indy and Luck. See, because you're that picking game these been... teams that automatically get all these primetime games, like New England. Yeah, I know, but I think it's amplified with Watson with having Watson in this offense mm-hmm. as constructed. And then if the defense is healthy, you're talking about Watt and Clowney and Merciless and Tyron Matthew. I know. I would think that the I would think if I'm sitting in New York, and of course I'm biased, but if I'm sitting there looking at the teams that I could have on primetime this year, I want the Rams. Yeah. And I want the Texans. Yeah. And obviously I want New England. I want Philly. And I always want Dallas. Those yeah. are the teams that I want to have on prime time. And if they're playing, I can kill two birds with one stone. Boom. Here we go. San Francisco. Oh, yep. Garoppolo. Yep. Absolutely. You want Garoppolo No on. doubt. Vikings with Cousins. Yeah, you want to see, especially early, what they're going to do. Yep. Cousins, there's a rumor because Cousins and the Vikings go to Philly. And there's a rumor that's that the could first be the, game. That could be the opener. Thursday that night. should be the that should be the opener. It but should. What Philly's going to be on? It's just a question of who plays quarterback for Philly at that point. Is Wentz ready to go? Because remember, Wentz tore his ACL about six weeks after Deshaun did. Yep. So that he'll be good to go. I would think he is. I, I would think he would there. be. But that's that's something to I, consider. But this Cousins thing has the potential to fail spectacularly. Oh, there's no question. And. I'm not saying it's going to for sure, but I think that everyone is going to, when they see Cousins in prime time, and I know the Redskins got some pub from Cousins, but he's not that great. He's uh, he's solid. He's not that great. Rams, Raiders, you know they want to see Gruden. Mm-hmm. And if the Raiders get that oh, thing turned around, the Raiders. The Raiders are going to be on. Yes. They'll definitely be on for sure. The Steelers are always going to get five. They're always going to get five. They always get five? They're always going to get five because it's the Steelers. They've got fans everywhere. They live among but us. But they get they get some – oh, you're not kidding. We've so, we, yes. We saw that. 
And it's not like we're in South Christmas Florida where it's like, afternoon. let's take a vacation. That was Christmas Day. What usually helps the Steelers, though, is you have the Ravens. It's always – you get a Steelers-Ravens, mm-hmm. one of those. You don't have that. The Ravens are not of that caliber. Nah. I don't think so. So you're going to have to know what you're going to do. You're going to replace You're going to replace Baltimore with Jacksonville. I think that's going to be a prime time. Jacksonville-Pittsburgh. They play each other again? They have to because they, first they both place. were first place. Yes. See, Jacksonville gets Pittsburgh and KC, mm-hmm. whereas we get Cleveland and Denver. I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> no, going, uh, no kidding. No kidding. Going Absolutely. To I'll take Denver that. Denver with Case Keenum. Broncos going to draft a quarterback? Yes or no? I, I think they will. I, I, I think they will. I mean, at number five, they're still, I think, going to have some options. The question becomes, if they fall in love with three guys and those three guys are gone, then maybe they trade out of there. And maybe Buffalo moves up to get the fourth guy, whoever the fourth guy might be on the list at that point. But if something happens, look, if the Giants end up taking Barkley at two or even Quentin Nelson at two and don't trade out of that spot, you're going to have two quarterbacks off the board by the time that they draft because the Browns are presumably going to take one at four. So now you've got only two off the board. So you got a choice of the three top five guys, and maybe you like one of those guys and you take them. I, listen, I love Case. I've, all, I've said that many, many times. But I just think if you look at the contract he signed and you think about the quarterbacks that are in this draft, and here's the other thing you got to think about, the quarterbacks in next year's draft. The quarterbacks in next year's draft, if you're looking for a face of the franchise draft, uh, quarterback, you need one, you better get it now because next year's crop is not that. Not so hot. It's not as good as this one. Not, not even close. So if you want to get a guy – now, Drew Locke from Missouri might end up being a first-rounder, and that's one guy – after that, you're talking about guys that are probably day, late day two at best guys. So you better get your quarterback now. And if people are in John Elway's ear saying, hey, look, don't wait another year. If you got an opportunity to get him, and, and it, that's if the, the Giants are the key to me. Right. Because the Giants end up taking a quarterback, then all of a sudden you've got three off the board with really only two left. And I don't know how the Broncos are going to feel about Lamar Jackson. I love him. I would take him, but that's a different story. I find all the quarterback draft stuff fascinating. It is. But now, it controls everything, I think, how the rest of the draft is going to go at the top five picks. How did you feel about last year's class heading into the draft? I felt like the – I was not a big Trubisky guy. So, to mm. me, there were really only two guys worth drafting. Mahomes and Watson. It was Mahomes, Watson, and then Trubisky later, and then everybody else. Right. That really was and what the Bears it was. moved up a spot and gave up a lot to do it to get right. Trubisky. To make sure they got him and you know, so be it. I mean they believe in it and, and I I believe in the philosophy. You gotta find a face of the franchise guy. I'm just glad they did they went and got Trubisky. I would have felt I would have felt great with Mahomes or Watson. I like both. I liked Watson better than all of them. That Watson was my number one and you can look at last year's Harris one hundred to figure that out. I had Watson above everybody else, but I would have gone Watson, Mahomes, and then down the list Trubisky. That's the way I would have gone with it. But but there was really nothing after that. And this year's group, you've got the top five, then you've got Mason Rudolph, and then there's this big gap. But then you kind of have this glut of late round five through round seven guys, like this huge glut of senior quarterbacks. I don't even know that you'll have that next year. Mm. Now, when you were looking at the 2014 class coming out, of college with Bridgewater and Bortles and all those guys. How did you feel about that I felt that was a pretty good class. I thought it was pretty diverse. I thought one of the keys to that class was going to end up being Derek Carr because I felt if Derek did well, then the class would do – I thought the class would do pretty well. Right. I didn't – I mean, there was always a chance of Johnny imploding, Mm -hmm. but 
I didn't think he would go off the rails the way that he did. I'm right. glad to see that he's kind of gotten it back together, sort of like my, my analogy has been like Britney Spears did. If you think about Britney Spears' kind of career arc, you know, maybe Johnny's following that, which would be kind of nice for him, but I, so, that was but the This key assumed Britney did everything in college, not in the pros. Yeah, true, I guess. <laughs> well, you could take the analogy wherever you want. I had a great explanation for it the other day, but you know, Johnny going off the rails, and then look, you can't with, with Teddy Bridgewater. You, you didn't know he's going to wrench his knee. I know it's true. Like when you look at that class, Blake Bortles just went to an AFC Championship game, but no one's here to anoint him. Yeah, as a he's great not the starter. Guy. You know? Yeah, I thought it was a good quarterback class, but Garoppolo. I, yeah, Garoppolo was in it, and then I but felt how, like what? Derek Carr was going to end up being the key because I felt like if he was good, I felt like Bortles would be good. I didn't think he'd be great, but I think he'd be good. I thought Johnny had an opportunity to be. The Johnny we know, or boy, it was going to go horribly bad, mm-hmm. and it went horribly bad. Bridgewater, I thought was going to be was like in the Borders class. I thought he was going to be good, but I think he was going to be great. Teddy has a chance to win that job in New York and hold on to it as long as he's healthy. Yeah. As long as he's healthy, and that was one of the things Mike Zimmer talked about this last week at the owners' meetings. He talked about there were some things that they felt like his knee was not where they wanted it to be. Even though he was back doing things, they felt like he was not where Yikes. they want him to be. That's so frightening. It's kind of scary. Because so. he was never like this burner, runner, quarterback. No, no, he, he was a passer. Yeah, he know? was He was a definite sit-in-the-pocket kind of guy. Yeah. No, he could create, and he made some throws. Yeah. But he was ne- – you know what? He, he basically was Kirk Cousins. Yeah. He, he would have been at that level. They wouldn't have to sink all that money into Kirk Cousins. I think Teddy would have gotten him to about the same level that Case did. But I think you would see Teddy getting better and better by the year, young quarterback, growing with the weapons. I think that would have been a better situation for them. But, I mean, you couldn't see that coming. But but Garoppolo, if Derek Carr gets back on, on the horse, you can feel pretty good about 2014. It's just that the top guys didn't turn out the way that you want them to, whether it was Johnny or whether it was Bridgewater. And Bortles is pretty much what he is. He's been yeah. he's been up and down. He's had some great. I mean, think of twenty fifteen. He was great in twenty fifteen. Yeah, but a lot of numbers wise, yeah, was great. numbers wise, yeah, because a lot of it was like after the game yeah. was over type stuff. Okay, Johnny, thanks a lot for joining you us. You got it, Mark. As Thank always. you. All right, Monday, John's got Brandon Whedon on the show among other stuff. So we'll have a great week of Texans radio for you. Remember preseason schedule in about a week and a half, and then another week after that the regular season schedule. Let's roll. Hey, have a great night, everyone. Galat at Night is next. Go Texans!